You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Father, I thank you for utterance this evening. I thank you for relationships and families being restored. I thank you for your purpose being fulfilled. Thank you for strength in Jesus' mighty name. And let me say amen. amen. Now, for the purpose of having your full attention, I'll say this to you. The Bible says that a wise man stirs up knowledge. That simply means that there are times where information comes to you and it doesn't look like you need it immediately. But the act of wisdom is to keep it because you will need it someday. Hallelujah. So there are some of you that are listening to me this evening. Maybe you are even just a teenager or you are just starting out in life. And right now, getting into a relationship, getting married, is not what you are thinking about. It won't matter. What I'm saying to you will help you because in your journey through life, you will meet situations where this wisdom will be useful. Amen. So for that one, I will encourage you, store the knowledge. So for the scripture to say that a wise man stores up knowledge, it means that one of the ways you identify a wise man is that he is a bank of knowledge. Amen. Are you understanding me? There's a lot he knows. There's a lot he knows. He has a lot of information. And for us in the kingdom of God, we trade with more than information. We trade with more than data. Because what comes to us brings light to our inner man. Hallelujah. Are we together? The scripture says that the entrance, Psalm 119 verse 130, of thy word, it giveth light and understanding to the simple. Now, with the way we use the word simple and the way the scripture was talking about simple is not the same thing. You know, so, so this guy is a simple guy. You're you are actually complimenting him. You say, he's a simple guy. He's a simple guy. What you're trying to say is that he's not troublesome or he's not complicated and so on and so forth. But the scripture talking about simple, yeah, it's talking about something that is a cousin to foolishness. Are you understanding me? All right? So when he says it's simple, it means that, look, 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 he lacks the sophistication to go through life. Are you understanding me? There's a kind of, there's a kind of mental sophistication that is required to win in life. And he, he lacks it. So he says, that man is simple. In actual fact, they mean that he is foolish. Glory to God. Are we together? So here, the scripture is saying that when God's word comes, it gives you what you require to win. Amen. You are no more simple. Glory to God. It seems like God's word comes and it equips you. It arms you. It means that the word of God is ammunition. It's ammunition. Say it's ammunition. Say it again. It's ammunition. It arms you. It arms you for the things, the battles of life. Such that you can always win. That's why in the New Testament, the Bible talked about the word of God. is as a double-edged sword. Hallelujah. Because the word is ammunition. Glory to God. It's ammunition. So today, may the spirit of God arm you with knowledge 
for tomorrow, for next month, for next year, and for the years to come. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are some things that you will hear tonight. You don't even know when it will be useful. But when that time comes, it will come out from inside you because it's inside you. Are you listening to me? You'll find that it is inside you and it will come out. I've been in situations, I've been in positions where a situation came up. I didn't plan for it. It was um, unexpected, unplanned for. And then people say, oh, how did you know what to do at that point? I didn't know what to do because I planned that I was going to meet that situation. But I found out that all through my walk with God, one way or the other, God had prepared me for such a time as that. Hallelujah. And I pray that through these words today, you'll be prepared for such a time. Hallelujah. As when these things will be necessary. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, this evening, I want to talk about what I call the family plan. Hallelujah. Everybody say the family plan. Say it again, the family plan. Alright, now when you hear things like that, you know, um, your mind could go in separate ways and several ways. It's, it's like um, a, a whole subject, alright? And we're just going to scratch the surface this evening and speak in very few, um, um, for a very short time, alright? Anything under an hour is a short time. So I'm going to be as brief as I can be to bring to you what I've titled The Family Plan. Now, some of you are conversant with the word or phrase family planning. I'm not talking about family planning. I said the family plan. Hallelujah. Family planning focuses on quantity of individuals in the family. Why family plan focuses on the quality of the individuals in the family. So we're not talking about family planning. How many children to have in a family? That's not what I'm talking about. It's the quality of what comes out of the family. How can you, you know, sometimes we talk about, oh, I, I want my family to be a successful family. And the word success or successful family is relative. What would you classify as a successful family? We'll come to that. So the family plan, I would say the family plan. All right, that's what we're going to address, the family plan. I am talking to you like, I had mentioned something to you before now. And for the benefit of those of you that have not been here, I'll say it this way. There has to be a family vision so that you can have a family plan. Hallelujah. So I'm talking to you like you already, already have a family vision. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You already have a picture. What do I mean by the family vision? Where is the family going to? Okay, you're a young man in life. Okay, you want to get married. What do you want to get married for? I shared a story some years back about a young fellow that came to see my wife and I. And then he said, look, um, I want to get married. Oh, we're excited for him. Okay, you want to get married? And then we started listening to him. You know, he wanted to do this, he wanted to do that. We're not seeing a lady yet. Then he made a statement and we were concerned for him. He said, you know, you know, you know, I'm about to start a new business and I'm going to open a shop and uh, I don't have who we keep staying in the shop. So I need to marry this wife so that I will not pay staff. You understand that? So she will stay in the shop. Now we asked, I said, does he need a shopkeeper or he needs a wife? Are you understanding me? 
So you can see that his vision for family is even from the vision the girl might have had. The lady might be coming in thinking that now we want to start up a new family, but actually the man wants a shopkeeper that sleeps in the house. You understand that? So, see, it means that both of them don't have the same picture of what marriage is or should be. And most times when young people come together to get married, because we're all raised from different backgrounds, you cannot force a picture on somebody. Are you understanding me? No, you can't force a picture on somebody. Everybody is tainted somehow from the environment they were raised in. Are you understanding me? You didn't hear me well. I said everybody is tainted by the environment he or she was raised in. So it means that everyone you meet already comes with a picture. The picture could be wrong. The picture could be right. But there is a central place that all of us can meet and have the same picture. That's the place of God's word. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's why so, oh, I might have come to a place where the picture I had of a family is where a husband always carries matchet and chases the woman around. You understand that? As though they are doing masquerade in the house. That's the picture I have of a marriage. The other person has a picture of a marriage as someone that stays somewhere and raises children. The man comes once in a month and goes back. Are you understanding me? So we have different pictures. And then we come together. We cannot have the same vision. Are you understanding me? Because we are seeing different things about what a family should be. Am I communicating? So what he's seen and what she's seen is different. That's why sometimes in church we need to help people give them what the definition of marriage according to the word of God is. Why are we doing that? So that we give you the right picture. It might take a while for this young man to change the image inside him about marriage. It might take another while for the woman to change the image. But the issue is that the best person you will marry is not necessarily the tallest man in the church. Or it's not necessarily the, the most beautiful woman in your office. Is the person that has the right picture inside. Amen. Are you understanding me? Because after the wedding day, what will happen in that house will simply be the pictures that we carry. That's what we'll be playing out. Are you understanding me? What we'll be playing out will be the pictures that we have inside of, inside of us. That's what we'll be playing out. So if the picture I have of me, there are some women that believe that we're not fighting. Is that our marriage? That's the picture they have in them. Are you understanding me? Then there are some men that the picture they have of a marriage you know, is that, you know, uh, my wife is the first daughter of the family. She's just the senior child. Are you understanding me? So if that's the picture he has of marriage, he cannot treat his wife any other way than the elder sister to his children. Are you with me? I, I read um, a post, you know, and I was joking about it in the office today. The last U.S. elections, you know, smoothly they conducted elections. They had uh, people voting days before the main day, you know, and then they concluded the election on the dates. And they said posting the results, and people were watching. Oh, you know, this one happened. Now following the results up until they were concluded. So a Nigerian posted the comment. It was a joke. He said. 
no ballot box was snatched. Nobody was killed. No word was declared inconclusive. Is that one election? That means that in his mind, when people say they're going for election, ha! You understand that? <laughs> it's war. Are you understanding me? There must be bloodshed. You understand that? Then we know when for election. You know, election has to be, there has to be, you know, something has to be slain. You understand that? Then we know we went for election. That means that the picture he has about election is even from the picture the other fellow in America has about election. So in America, someone is going for election, he could just vote and keep going for, he's go, go for his shopping. Are you understanding me? Most of the time, they don't even declare a public holiday. Are you understanding me? They just do what they're doing. He's on his way. He just votes and goes to shop. But in Nigeria, when we say election, everything has to shut down. You understand that? Everything has to shut down. People have to buy food. Market has to shut down. Are you understanding? People have to arm themselves. Get the point? Are you understanding? That's election. That means that we're using the same terminology, but we have different pictures inside us. Are you with me? So in the same way, we're talking, we're using the same terminology, let us get married. Are you understanding me? We're saying the same word, marriage, but it means two things to different people. Are you understanding me? So this fellow, what marriage means is not what the lady is talking about. Because we are just using the same word. Even when we say, I love you. And then the lady says, I love you back. Two of them might not be saying the same thing, even if they're using the same word. Because this other fellow, what love means to him is that when you annoy me, I headbutt you and tell you sorry. Are you understanding me? That's love. It's part of love. There's bleeding in love. Are you understanding me? Okay? Then, but the lady, the lady doesn't see it that way. Are you understanding me? Or some ladies also see that. There are some women that believe that you don't love me. So why? You've never slapped me. You say you love me. Are you understanding me? And to them, you know, the brutality and the, and the violence and the aggression is what is part of the love package. Without the word of God, we can never come to that place to say this is the definition of something. Because everybody has his own definition. And the devil keeps bringing as many more definitions as possible so that people will be confused. Am I communicating? So here we are talking about the fact that I'm not going to come to the place to talk about the family plan. But I'm saying that first of all, there has to be a picture. So family vision is simply where we're going to. Why the family plan is how we'll get there. Are you understanding me? Did you get that? Okay, so the vision is where we're going to. Where are we going to? Glory, glory to God. Where are we going to? So in another way to, another way to put it is that the vision is the, is the place. While the plan is the path. Are you understanding me? The path we're going to take. The path we're going to take. The path we'll take to that place. That place we want to be as a family. Let me just help somebody this evening. See, if you're listening to me and you're single, you cannot even have a family vision yet if you don't even have a vision for yourself. Amen. If there's no picture from the word of God, I'm not just talking about a vain ambition. Are you understanding me? Something that you just, you know, just say, what do you want to be? <laughs> big man, I want to be big man, I want to be big man. Big man means nothing. Are you understanding me? What is big man? What is big man? Are yeah, you talking about a fat man? Are you understanding me? What do you want to be? Pot bellied? Is that what you're talking about, big man? All right? What does big man mean? 
So if the picture is not clear, it's a bogus, bogus, vague, you know, picture. You can't even have a plan for the family because you don't have a plan for yourself or a vision for yourself, brother. You don't have a vision for yourself. I used to talk about this and some people don't understand why and how it's so important. Um, I think I had a discussion with uh, a sister that anchored here and she, she's an author and wrote a book and I was exp- we had talked about this and I was excited about the fact that she caught something about making children catch vision early. Amen. Are you understanding me? Where children from an early age look at your scriptures when they tell you about children like Joseph, hallelujah, people that before they were 18, are you with me, discovered what they were supposed to do. Glory to God. You'll find that at the end, then that scripture is fulfilled. Train up a child in the way he should go. In the way he should go. The way he should go is the vision. Are you understanding me? That vision he has seen about himself. Oh, this is where I'm going to. This is what I'm born for. Somebody can suggest a profession to you. A vision cannot be suggested. It has to be discovered. Are you understanding me? Someone can suggest this profession to you. Eh, your head, the way your head looks, you can be accountant. You look like an A-head. Accountant, accountant. You talk too much, you can be a lawyer. They can suggest all those things to you, but that's not vision. Are you understanding me? That's not vision. That's not vision. Some of you, your profession might not even be your vision. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Your profession might not even be your vision. I am trying not to get roped into the vision talk, all right? But just to help somebody. So if you are here and you're a young lady, you must have, you know how someone wants to do music? You want to do music, you must have an ear for music. Are you understanding me? You must have an ear for sound. You can't be good in music if you don't have an ear for sound. If you are, so to speak, tone deaf, you can't really do well in music. Are you understanding me? Am I communicating? In the same way, for you, if you don't have an ear for vision, are you understanding me? Where's, you know, somebody can just come and be talking, talking, talking. No, and if you live in Portacot City, I believe that anybody that grew up in Portacot City is le- taught how to talk. Are you understanding me? If you go to any other part of this country, they will tell you that Portacot people can talk. Are you understanding? They can talk. They can talk. You understand that? They can talk. Even if, you know, they, just like what the Bible calls cloud without water. You understand that? They can talk. They can, ah, if you see, ah, talk big, big things. Young boys go and sit down in restaurants, sit down in John's job, be talking, one below, talking money. You understand that? After talking, talking, they trek home. You understand that? You know. So, if you, <laughs> you can drive big cars. I understand it. Just drive big cars. You don't know that he's holding it for the person that sells it. Are you understanding me? So if you, are, you don't have an ear for hearing or sounding out vision, you will be deceived by such things. That somebody is talk, talking big and talking vision are two different things. Did you hear me? They're two different things. Two different things. Someone can be talking big. You meet people every time, you know, in different places, you know. <laughs> somebody was just talking. As you hear somebody will talk, you know that he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Are you understanding me? He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. A guy was talking about guns, you know, and um, he was just talking, you know, the gun is this, the gun is that. And someone sitting close, he says, shut up, you've never shot a gun. But what you said now, you've not even handled a gun before. 
have a gun in my car now. I'll bring it down and show you. And the guy became quiet. So there are some people when they talk, if you, if you have an ear for vision, you know that this one, they, this is not vision. It's just a talker. So you're a young lady, you must have that ear to hear the voice of vision. When someone is talking, you know that this one has vision. And if truly, listen to me, you see, when it comes to making choices about who to spend your life with, <laughs> I, I agree that you make the choice at the end of the day. But I believe that the Spirit of God leads. Amen. He can lead you and you say, I don't want that one. It's up to you. But the point is this. In making that choice, you must be careful about the fact that everyone that is born again, born again is not, salvation is not the passport to a happy home. Sorry to say, amen. Did you hear me? It's not the passport to a happy home. It's not. Talking in tongues. It's not the passport to a, There are many people that talk in tongues. I'll kill you today. When I come back from this, let me just, the interpretation you give is interpretation that when I will kill you. So, talking in tongues is still not, the, are you understanding me? Okay? And I'm not talking down on what salvation is and what talking in tongues is. But there's something. And that's something I'm talking about. Even for those that are not saved. There are some people that had the opportunity, a privilege, so to speak, to be in an environment where a picture, a picture that can walk, amen, about marriage was imprinted within them. Are you understanding me? So they came out with that kind of picture. He might not be saved. Are you with me? But you see that he's able to stay with his spouse for a long time and carry his marriage through. Then there's someone that he saved. But that picture is wrong. And you find them struggling in their marriage. They're struggling in the marriage. Struggling in the marriage. You must have that ear for vision. Now let me say this to you. One of the reasons why when you interact with people and you start a relationship, the first thing to know about the person is not the person's body in a relationship. Amen? Did you hear me? That's the last thing to know. Amen? <laughs> and that is known after marriage. Is that not so? But you know some people now, they, as they enter a relationship, the first thing they want to know is the body. Let me not even go further. They want to know the body. They want to know dimensions. The dimensions you need, <laughs> you understand that? In the relationship are dimensions of vision, not dimensions of physique. Pull your shirt, let me see. Is it five and a half or six pack? Is it the body you want to know? That body <laughs> will not always be that way. <laughs> Are you understanding me? No, it won't always be that way. Whether it's the male body or the female body, it won't always be that way. So that's not the, the thing to know. That's not the thing to study. That's not the thing to, to invest time on. The place to make investment is the vision. The vision. The, uh, uh, of course, apart from the person, the individual. The vision. 
What is the picture the person carries within them? Someone can pretend for a day, can pretend for a month, can pretend, but you can't pretend forever. No, you can't. If you are pretending forever, it means you have changed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> it means you have changed. <laughs> If you don't know that you have changed, you think you are still pretending, but you have changed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> are you receiving wisdom now? So those are the dimensions to know. Okay, this person, what's the picture the person carries? And when we are in a dating relationship, what we're trying to focus on now is for us to have the same picture, for us to have the same picture. That's what we're working on. I see this way, she sees it that way. And the place, the common ground is the word of God. Are you understanding me? Not my father say, our people say, our people say, because everybody's people have something they have said. So I'm not trying to impose my people say on you. Neither am I about to accept what your people say on my side. No, 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 no. What does God's word say? Alright? Sometimes why we spend time fasting and praying is for clarity of vision. What's that thing the Spirit of God wants us to do? So if you are here this evening and you believe that maybe from how you were raised or where you've been, what you've been exposed to, you don't think you have the right picture of what a marriage is. I pray for you this evening that over the period of time from now, that that new picture will be laid on your hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is it important to teach or preach God's word like this? Because the only way God can bring you into new things is by introducing the thoughts to you. Do you know that some things you will never think about if they were not taught? Are you understanding me? If we didn't teach it, you will never think about it. Sometimes you don't even know how dark a place is until you bring superior light. You think here is bright. Let them bring halogen. Alright? Maybe 500 watts. Or more. Or 1,000. Let them bring a halogen and put it here. You will be like, whoo! When they take it out, you, say, you will now start saying the place is dark. But you were, you were used to this light. To you, this was a well-lit place. That's how it is. It could be that you're just walking, you think that the picture you have is fine until God's word comes. Amen. Then it shows you there's something brighter than that thing you're carrying inside you. There's something better than that thing you think. So I go back to the statement I made earlier. We're not talking about family planning. Which focuses on the quantity. We're focused on the family plan. Which is focused on the quality of the family. Of the individuals in that family. The children. The parents. And I'm saying that there is nothing that brings out a strong and successful family than a family that has a plan. 
that thing God told us, this is how we will go about it. That's why we're going to live in this city. That's why we're going to do this. That's why our children have to be raised this way. Let me give you some definitions. And then we'll run along. Are you getting blessed? Are you learning something? Is this helping somebody? Glory to God. So I'm saying that beyond the family vision, there should be a plan. There should be a plan. How are we going to get this done? My definition of a plan, definition of a plan here, a plan is an orderly or step-by-step conception or proposal for accomplishing an objective. I'll take it again. A plan is an orderly or step-by-step conception or proposal for accomplishing an objective. Another definition is a plan is a proposed or intended cause of action. A proposed or intended cause of action. A proposed or intended cause of action. Lastly, I'll say the plan is the roadmap to actualize vision. The roadmap to actualize vision. Um, I'll try to be as practical as I can be as time will permit me. Did you get that? You got all of that? Let's look at a few scriptures. I'd like to recommend, um, because of what I said earlier, um, for some of you, you, you set starting in life, there are some books that will help you. You know, um, you're a young person, even if you're an old person, and um, you've not had that experience, it will help you. There are two books, you know, I believe that um, you should read if you've not read them. Um, not to give you too many books, so I just mentioned two. It's Ken E. Higgins' book, or the both of them are his books. One is Following God's Plan for Your Life. Kenneth E. Higgins. The second one is Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Kenneth E. Higgins. Um, those books will help you a great deal. They'll help you a great deal. Buy them and own them. Alright? Buy them and own them. There's some materials that are for the body of Christ. And I recommend that. You didn't get it? First one is following God's plan for your life. 
The second one is plans, purposes, and pursuit. I remember when I got the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuit. At a time in my life when I got the book, I couldn't afford to buy it. So I had a photocopied version from a friend that photocopied it. And I read a photocopied version. But the revelation was not photocopied. Amen. <laughs> I guess that is the original one. Glory to God. Then, as I grew older, I bought mine, my own copy. Praise the Lord. All right, let's look at a few scriptures. Luke chapter 14, 28 to 30. It says, for which of you, which of you, now this is Jesus sharing his thoughts. You know, some people believe that, um, you know, there's, I don't know where people got the idea from, that as believers, we just move by the wind. <laughs> Amen. We just go as it is happening. No. If you study scriptures carefully, you will see that God works with a plan. Hallelujah. You know that scripture that says, for I know the thoughts I think towards the thoughts of peace. The NIV version says, I know the plans. Amen. One verse will say, I know the plans. He called it plans. Amen. That means there are things that he are laid out step by step. Plans for you. Please, sorry, go back. Luke 1420. So Jesus was speaking. He said, for which of you intending to build a tower? Now, a family is more important than a tower. Amen. So I will ask, for which of you intending to build a family? If a tower breaks down, it just costs money to replace. If a family breaks down, it's not, money just does not replace someone's life. Amen. So a family is of greater value. And moreover, moreover, a tower is a man's idea. While the family is God's idea. Hallelujah. So which of you intending to build a tower? If a tower requires that you sit down first and count the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it, how much more do you need to sit down and count the cost before you build a marriage or a family? Are we together? Now, this is not intended to put any young man a, f a fear in you to say, oh, that's why I said I would be 55 before I get married. No, that's not what we're talking about. You can be 60 and still not have a plan. You can be 21 and you have a plan. Amen? Have you not heard that there are 70-year-old boys and 17-year-old men? Have you not heard? <laughs> That there are 17 year old men and there are 70 year old boys. I was ha having a talk with my daughter some time ago. 
and she asked me a question you know the kind of question she asked me i said from whence come this wisdom <laughs> I, I, she had left me but i was still thinking how would she think of this kind of thing are you understanding me I've mingled with some adults. They have not asked me that kind of question. <laughs> Amen. Job said, as Elihu, um, um, Job's friend said, that he discovered that understanding and wisdom is not for the aged. He said, there is a spirit in man that the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. My prayer is that that inspiration will give you understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ. So I said, which of you intending, that means you intend to have a family, will not sit down first. That means you have to have a plan. See, my prayer is that we'll have strong and successful families raised from this church. Amen. All right? Now, um, I won't have the time to define what I mean by strong and successful, but I read something um, from a study they did the uh, United States uh, Department of um, um, Health and Human Services. And I loved what they came up with. You know, they did some study, they were doing research to find out how come some families come out strong and some families come out successful. And they start picking out and checking what were the similar things about them. I'll just read out something, uh, one of the statements that they made in that study. They said, religious orientation is identified by many researchers as being an important component of strong families. I'll take it again. Religious orientation is identified by many researchers as being an important component of strong families. And then they said that strong families are guided by an underlying moral or value system shared by all members. Amen. That means there's something, there's a moral value, alright, that they share among themselves that drives them. Let me digress a bit. Someone wrote a book. You know, I, I, these days I don't know if people get to read those books again, but many years back when the guy was still Rich Dad Poor Dad. Some of you read the book, Robert Kiyosaki. How many of you read the book? Okay, you know about the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. How many of you know about the book? <laughs> okay, that means I have to explain what it is. The book was written by someone that was somehow telling his personal story and he titled the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he was trying to tell us that when he was growing up, he had two dads. One is his real father, the other was his friend's father. So his real father is the one he's calling Poor Dad. Then his friend's father is the rich dad. So, but he spent a lot of time with his friend's father because he's always going to the house. He said he found out that the way his own father thought about money and life was different from how his friend's father, which is referred to as rich dad, thought about money and life. And even growing up, it was easy for his friend to be rich. And he had to struggle to be rich. 
and the struggle was that he had to change how he was thinking. Summary of the book. All right? Summary of the book was talking about financial literacy. All right? The importance of financial literacy. Did you hear what I just said? You know, some of you are educated, but you are financially illiterate. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay, so it's talking about financial education. Now, I said this for a reason, and I digress for a reason. What is the difference between that child that grew up with a rich dad? It's not that they gave him money. No. It's that there is a thought pattern that has been built into that child. There's a picture he has of the world that will always make money come to him. Are you hearing me? So when he steps out of that house, you go and drop him in another city, that thought pattern will produce what is inside. In the same way, in marriage, it's the same thing. That as someone is growing and developing in life, thought patterns are imprinted upon their soul. Are you understanding me? By words that are spoken, by things they see, by experiences that happen to them, and then there is, you call it mindset, all right? There's an image inside them. When you say marriage, you know that we, we, might, we, we talk with words, but we actually see the words as pictures inside us. I hope you know that. White dog. White dog. As I said, white dog. You saw a picture of a white dog. Did you see W-H-I-T-E? Did you see the spelling? If you saw spelling, you need to be prayed for. You didn't see a spelling. It's, as I'm talking spelling now, the spelling is coming up to you. But when I said white dog, you saw the picture of a dog. But the difference is that all of us will not see the same dog. <laughs> there are some of you, the dog you saw is bony. Bony, his leg is broken. Are you understand? That's the dog you saw. Because that's the dog you were exposed to. Why some people saw a very fluffy, you know, small pet that has a short, you know, a tail, very hairy. That's what they saw. Why are we, I said white dog, the same word I use. Why do we have different images inside us? Are you understanding me? In the same way, we say marriage or married. We all heard the same thing, but there are different pictures inside us. And it's because of those pictures we carry in us that makes our marriage a smooth one, a rough one, accidental one, a fatal one. Are you understanding me? Ghastly marriage. <laughs> you understand that? <laughs> it's a picture, it's the image where there's constant bleeding. So, I'm out of time. So, I just round up by saying this. Why we spend time praying as believers? And you see, never underestimate the place of prayer. In prayer, God changes pictures inside you. Are you understanding me? He changes pictures inside you. That some of you don't know why you have some dreams. Some of the dreams are orchestrated by demons. Why some, of course, are from God. Are you understanding me? Now, sometimes the devil, for him to achieve something in your life, he has to make sure that that image is imprinted in your mind. 
You can have a dream. You went back to the village. <laughs> then you have the second dream. You, you, you start looking for where to start farm in the village. Then you had another dream. You saw yourself old in the village. They were thinking whether they would give you chieftaincy title or not. Without knowing, you are accepting a picture in your mind. That man, I, like, this city life will not work for me. You know, it's like I will go back to the village and you understand that? That's what the devil is trying to achieve. For you to accept, once that, see, he doesn't need to talk to you. Once that image, what do you think was happening to Jesus? Jesus was driven of the spirits to the wilderness. What for? To be tempted of the devil. But who drove him? The spirits. It's like he was being delivered to Satan. Amen. Huh? And then he got there. If you read carefully the words that were used, especially Luke's own expression of it, he said that the devil showed him the words in a moment of time. That means it was a vision he saw. Some of you think that they went to one high mountain. Say, see, see, not, see, see, see Los Angeles now. See, there's no mountain like that that you can see the whole world from. Are you understanding me? Then and now, there's no mountain. He was trying to make us understand that he saw a vision. And Satan said, I will give you the world. If he accepts that picture inside him, Satan has won the game. Are you understanding me? And Jesus responded with the picture that he has inside him. Now, no, you are the one that bows to me. Amen. So every day of your life, those kind of thoughts are coming to you. Thoughts are coming to you. To some of you, to solidify the image. Some of you, the image of poverty. Yes, it's solidifying the image. You wake up in the morning. A new picture flashes. This house you are living in now. You know what's going to happen to you? <laughs> you see, you went to your friend's house. When you move from here, you are going backward. You are in a self-contained. Then now you being a contained. <laughs> contained, not yourself alone. <laughs> you, they will contain you. And those pictures are coming. As long as those pictures are there, Sometimes the pictures are what make you afraid. The reason why there is a fear is that there's a wrong picture. Are you understanding me? That's why there is a fear. There's a wrong picture. That's why you're afraid. It's that picture you are seeing that's making you afraid. So the fear will not go until the picture goes. Amen. Amen. So when we spend time, sometimes we're praying. Spending time, one hour, two hours praying. It's not that we're praying, Satan is disturbing us. It's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's that this thing inside us has not changed yet. Sometimes we could shut ourselves down and we're hearing messages for four hours, three hours, listening to a message. La, blah, blah, blah. Amen. La, blah, blah. What are we doing? We're changing pictures inside us. That's why I always tell people if you buy a message that has a series, listen to it completely. Don't have half-half pictures. 
the Holy Ghost that gave the pastor the full series is a complete picture he was delivering. You didn't hear me? It's a complete picture. Get it. Listen to it. Listen to all of them. Don't just say, there's one thing, just one thing I want to hear. One thing, no, no. <laughs> one thing, no. Listen to it. Let the full picture of what God wants to change inside you be painted. When you stand up from there, you will not be struggling to make something happen. Once the picture inside has changed, your environment will, will conform to the new picture inside you. Some of you here, you have relationships. And every relationship you have been in, you know, I was talking to teasing some young people. There are some people, um, how old am I now? I am calculated. Uh, okay, that's my age now. So, now, there are some people that are 21. Eh? Or 20. They have been in more relationships than me. There are some guys that are 18. <laughs> they have been in more relationships than I have been in. Because they sit down and tell me, say, uh, that would have been my, no, my 13th, no, 14th. It was the 13th boyfriend. That time I said I will not have a boyfriend again. It was the 13th one. 13? How old are you? 18. 13? Did you start dating at 4? <laughs> and you know, the way you talk about the thing, you know, you, you begin to wonder, you know, you understand that? But you, you, <laughs> so you have some people that every relationship they've been in. I talked about this in one of the meetings I was talking about. I said that there are people that always walk into places where they break their heart all the time. Have you met people like that? The guy might be a good guy, but always meeting the wrong girl. Vice versa, you may be a, a, a good girl, but always meeting the wrong guy. Listen to me. You know, some people say, "Yes, you, it's, it's the devil." Hold on. Hold on. The devil is not as powerful as some people think. The truth is this. There is a thought pattern inside you that orders your steps always to those kind of people. And without knowing, you're always open to people like that. Everybody knows they're lying to you. You're the only one that does not know they're lying to you. And anybody that comes to tell you they're lying to you, you quarrel with them. It has happened to you four times. Then you say, it will never happen to me again. Yeah, the person you are telling, see, it will never ever happen to me again. Eh? I'm just telling you because I know that you will not do that kind of thing to me, but that's the next one. He's going to do it to you again. If you are listening to me today, and you've heard those kind of occurrences happen to you one, two times, don't jump into another relationship and look at the person's face. His head is not like the other guy's head. He's not from the same tribe as the other person. So I don't think he'll do the same. You, you, no, 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 no. Don't trust those instincts because the instincts are warped. Are you understanding me? You go back now and sit down and put a new picture of someone that will function differently. When you come out, you'll find out that the way you are, your steps are ordered will be different. I told a story here. Was it on Sunday or so? One of the services. And I said, we're in the university. And I was, a friend of mine came. Every time he would tell me, he said, ah, I was in a, I went to eat in a restaurant. <laughs> um, this cult, this cult people met me and said I should join them. And almost every week, somebody's meeting him to join them. I just, and I said, sometimes we'll be sitting together. Somebody will call him. 
I, maybe I'm even busy. I didn't even recognize that they called it. You know, I can say, do you know those boys that called me? I say, hey, they say I should come and join. You know those, they say, they say I should come and belong. And I said, why don't you used to call me? Are you understanding me? Yeah. We'll be working together. They don't used to call me. Why? You see, there's a way. There's a thinking. Are you understanding me? That will not allow those kind of things to happen. Am I communicating? It's not say God forbid it will not happen to me. It's not. It's this more than God forbid. Are you saying it's not a God forbid thing? I told you that I was in university. I think my final year or so. I was leaving school. Um, I was. We, I came back from somewhere late at night, and I, I didn't. My uh, roommate or so didn't buy what we needed to eat, so I had to go back out to buy. And the only thing available was um, bread. You know. I had to walk a distance to go and get it. So, I had to go out again. And I was also on my way. Some guys, robbers, attacked us. Attacked me. I was alone in that particular uh, incident. And uh, they came out. One was shining a torch on my eyes. And the other was holding a gun beside, uh, beside him. They were coming from two different directions. Then he said, lie down, lie down. Now, let me explain to you. I did not expect that that was going to happen that day. You understand that? I was, my mind didn't go through that. I, I was just going to buy bread. Bread has done me something in this world. So, <laughs> I was going to buy bread. I have many bread stories. So, I was going to buy bread. <laughs> when they said, lie down. You know what came to me? I looked at the floor. Rain fell. It was wet. What came out of my mouth was not what I planned to say. I just said, I cannot lie down. I'm a man of God. That's what came out from my It's like, after saying that, I want to say, oh! <laughs> but that's how I'm wired. Are you understanding me? It's not something we rehearse. That's how I am wired. Then I say, he said, wait till you talk. <laughs> they were surprised. <laughs> you understand me? Say, what did I want? They don't say, okay, waste him. Then the guy with the gun was jumping. He said, I said, waste him. I just had one minute to act in wisdom. And then, just for the benefit of finishing the testimony, the wisdom just came. And I said, okay, you put the vigilante here. The guy looked, the dude, the guy brought down the light. He said, he said, we'll be vigilante. I said, keep up the good work. And I started going. They don't say, why are you allowing go? He said, he said, we would do like, like vigilante now. <laughs> and I left. Are you understanding me? But the first action, which was unconscious, all right? It was unconscious. I'm, I cannot lie down. It was unconscious. It's a wiring. We've had a second encounter where that kind of thing happened. We were attacked. I was a bachelor then. Uh, a brother and I were staying together. And um, we got back home. As I drove into the gate, he opened the gate for me. I drove in. 
I didn't know that they were at the gates. As he was coming in, they were coming with a gun. It's the finest pistol I've seen in my life. Silver. I'll never forget it. So my phone fell under my seat while I was driving in. So I was trying to bring out the phone, you know, under my seat. The moment my hand touched it, someone said, Come down. When I turned, I saw it gone. And then my hand had just touched the phone. So my hand and the phone, I came down from the car. I said, Move. And they took us somewhere. Then they said, Everybody lie down. Again, I was not thinking. When they said lie down, I pulled a chair and sat. Every other person was lying down. They didn't talk to me. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? It was unconscious. What I'm trying to use this to explain to you is this. Is that this marriage thing and relationship thing, if you take time as you have heard this message and sit down, start changing the pictures that are inside you, amen, you don't have to struggle to have a happy marriage. You don't have to struggle to have a successful home. Success is inside you. It will show on the outside. So, while you're in the relationship, some of you that are in the relationship, you see a behavior that you are ashamed of. is a sign that there's something to work on. You didn't hear me? Hello? You see a behavior you manifested that you're not happy about. Oh, I'm a believer. Why did I do this? It's showing you that there's something, there's a picture that has to change. There's a picture that has to change. Am I communicating? And you take time to change those pictures inside you. God will help us. I will deal with this subject. Amen. Give it a lot of time. Amen. And it will be a part of your life. Everyone hearing the sound of my voice here today, I want to say to you that God is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That these words have come and these thoughts have come to you. They have put inside you a desire for more. Amen. Amen. They have put in you and they are showing you now a picture that needs to be imprinted on your soul. Amen. About how things can go. Even the children you are raising, you now know how to put right pictures inside them. There are times where children see certain things. You call them aside and say, that thing you saw is not the correct thing. What are you doing? You are changing the picture immediately. Say, that thing you saw is not the correct thing. Do you know why sometimes when children do something wrong, you scold them, if you're disciplining them, if you're spanking them, you do it immediately? It's to make them know. Are you understanding me? That thing is not it. You shock it out. Who told you a king doesn't do something? They didn't flog you well now. It does something. The Bible says so. It says foolishness is bound in how to try. The way to cast it out is by flogging. It's not, he's just a gentle baby. He's just a nice child. The foolishness is growing. Then it becomes caked foolishness. That time you can't flog it, you have to scrape it. 
Are you understanding me? So forget all those things people are telling you in America and Europe. Forget they have lost their children. Are you understanding me? Forget that thing. Don't say you are raising your children. Don't raise your children according to European standard or North American. Raise them according to the word of God. Amen. Don't raise them according to all those people that have lost their children. I will tell you, I travel, I go out all the time. I will tell you that they, don't, they have lost their children. You're speaking for for your child. It's not for that will make him fulfill destiny. I'm telling you. It's not phonetics that will make him fulfill destiny. It's not the right accent. That's not fulfill destiny. That times you will call him. If it's your language you understand, you will tell him. See, this, you will speak the language and drive that foolishness out of that child's life. Let me close by saying this. If you're in this church and you hold that thought about I don't believe children should be punished. I believe children should be disciplined. If words mean anything. Amen? And I don't believe that a parent should pour out their anger or his anger or her anger on a child. I don't believe in that. But at the same time, never pet foolishness. Did you hear me? Never pet foolishness. There's nothing jandered about not correcting your child when they do wrong. I'm speaking English. The child is going wrong, he's going wrong, going wrong. Most of the things you don't correct, by the time the child is nine, his character is already formed. Are you hearing me? The character is already formed. So, that two, yeah, they say they call it terrible two or terrible three. When they're that two, three, they're doing some kind of things. Don't just be smiling. Say, it's just a child. It's just a child. It's just a child. We should start by flogging you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's not just a child. Correct the child. You are eating, you turn the soup upside down. You are still smiling. No. Don't smile about it. This soup you turn now. Pam. You know, some children will first be surprised that you did that to them. Sometimes it's not the pain that makes them cry, it's a surprise that you are angry with them. Yes, they should know that you can be offended. There's, I just have to stop. Amen. They should know you can be offended. Did you hear me? Now, that's different from a father kicking his child. You should be in prison. Your aim is not to inflict bodily harm. Your aim is to correct. Did you hear me? All those things that Nigerian parents say, I will put mark on your body so that you know that's not, that's not the Christian discipline. It's not to put mark. <laughs> Amen. We already bear the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not to put mark on the child's body. That's not what we are achieving. That's not the aim. The aim is to correct. For the child to know that this thing is not the way. This is not the picture you should carry inside you. There are some of you listening to me. You know that the reason why some things are not the way they are, even with you, is that nobody 
corrected you. But thank God, your hope is not lost. God's word can correct you. No matter how spoiled you were, God's word can correct it. They didn't give you any home training. Home training, zero. You understand? Home training. You know the people that don't have home training? You know the people like that? Then you just see them wild, uncut. You know, say there's diamonds that are uncut. You understand? They are uncut, raw. Wow. <laughs> the word of God can tame you. Amen. The word of God can tame you. Receive that word today. Receive that light today. Receive that new picture today. I pray for everyone in a relationship that in this season, new pictures will come to your heart. I pray for those that are about to get into relationships that new pictures will be planted on your heart. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of around the world by the power of God.